Hello, it's your host, Kat Walsh, and you're listening to another episode of Trip On This. This podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children. Trip On This is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? It is your host, Kat, with just another couple quick announcements before we get going. So the first bit is, if you've been watching or listening to this podcast, you've probably heard me say it, but some of these episodes were shot at the end of 2020, so if you hear us mention that, don't worry about it. These episodes are completely timeless, and the date has no bearing on the actual content itself. And the second bit is, if you are enjoying the show and you want to help support, there are donation links in the description to these episodes to my PayPal and my Patreon. It just allows me to continue to make these episodes, to rent gear, to book stellar guests, and continue to build this community around psychedelic storytelling. Of course, I know we are all in tough times right now, so even just liking, subscribing, rating, sharing, it is all hugely helpful. So whatever you can do is most appreciated, and with that, enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Trip on This. I'm with Dustin and Jasmine today. Dustin is a music artist that performs under the name Day Tripper, and Jasmine is an also an artist who makes jewelry and other art. What's uniquely very cool about this episode for me is I actually was just introduced to them two days ago uh, by a mutual friend. They just got married on October 10th. They are on their honeymoon, and I am so honored. Thank you that you guys chose this as a stop on a very special time. And I'm really excited to hear about your story, get into the colorful details, if you guys know what I mean, and uh, have fun. Welcome. Awesome. Hey. Thank you. Hi. Hello. Hello. Okay. So because I get to learn along with everybody else who you guys are, I'd love for you. Where are you from? Where did you two meet? You're on your honeymoon. Well, I am from East Point, well, Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up in East Point, Georgia. And, um, yeah, I've been there my whole life, born and raised. And uh, I'm from Hickory, North Carolina. Um, it's kind of in the sticks a little bit, pretty small town. Uh, and I moved to Atlanta permanently in 2005. Nice. You know, it's really interesting. I've had quite a few people from the South, actually, now. this You guys are the f- actually would be the fifth now of... 12 episodes I've recorded and it's just it's interesting because I think there's been a through line through um just the the adoption and I think there's a a level of it's not as I guess liberal as like growing up in California with psychedelics like where it's a lot more prevalent here and it's been I have a lot of questions just around the overall what the vibe of psychedelics were especially in the south um, but before I get into that, I would love to hear from you both. And Dustin, we could start with you is, can you just take us back on your psychedelic journey? When did it begin and how has it kind of progressed? And then Jasmine, I'll kick it to you. Uh, yeah, I, um, I think the first time I tried psychedelics was 16 years old, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I was definitely, I was in high school. I think it was either between sophomore and junior year or junior year. Um, and yeah, that's how it started. And, uh, it was psilocybin and, um, I've pretty much been, you know, experimenting with psilocybin ever since, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had a brief little hiatus, uh, just late, just recently, but, um, 
other than that, I mean, I've probably tried it, um, I'd say in my life, maybe 30 times. And uh, also um, LSD, I've probably done about 10 times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's the main, that's the main, that I, yeah, I mean, I, the, it always, for me, kind of came from wanting to expand mm-hmm. somehow. And I always thought that that was a way to maybe try to see yeah. some other parts of my brain. You know? Did it? Did you yeah, find that definitely. expansion? Definitely. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely want to ask about some maybe some specific stories and set what some of that expansion looks like. But before, Jasmine, I'd sure. love to hear from you as well. Well, I was a little late in getting into psychedelics. I started with him. Okay. I mean, obviously, he is a professional at this point. Yes. But yeah, I didn't start doing anything until mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And I've only done mushrooms and I did DMT that one time. And, uh, you know, try to do it again, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for the most part, I just do it because I, there was, it was never like I wanted to do it, you know, just, oh, what's mushrooms like? It was just like, hey, want to do some mushrooms? Sure. Yeah. And it was cool. Yeah. And You're so, with your partner that you love yeah. and trust and. Yeah. You know, and I heard it through him, his experiences with it. And I never even came close to anyone knowing about mushrooms. I never talked about it about me. I was a, yeah. a good girl. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't do anything. But um, yeah, you know, I was just willing to do it. And my experiences for the most part have been real positive, making me want to, you know, do it again. Yeah. So, I was going to say what I would love for you to just, what was it like for your first time? <laughs> my first time was interesting. Everything was moving yes everything was alive mm-hmm. you know and every every time I do it that's the it's the same thing everything is breathing almost like mm-hmm. he had described once mm-hmm. but yeah it was it was interesting I wasn't scared or anything um but by the time I get to every time I get to my end of my trips I end up fainting or something really like Like my body just couldn't take it it's just just like sensory (laughs) overload you're like you're done yeah pretty much i end up laid out at some point yeah the few times i've done it yeah yeah. it never scared me for doing it again just like oh yeah sure i'll faint but yeah yeah yeah. it was cool (laughs) so my first time where where was it was it at I i think it was at um the house on plantation because at some point you were carrying me back into the house and I woke up in your arms and I was like, where am I? It's, <laughs> it's true that, that mushrooms can get people like very sleepy. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of like our melty. I used to call it. I'm like, I'm yes. very melty right now, guys. <laughs> and the yes. breathing thing is so like, you're now probably the fourth or fifth person. that's like, everything's breathing and alive. Like it's just it's going to be cool for people to listen to this and, and just hear some of those through lines. Mm-hmm. Some had said the same thing. We talked about trees breathing and I was like, it's just that symbiotic relationship yeah. with the universe. You're like, we are definitely part of a greater something here Absolutely. and not just, you know, we kind of bulldoze our way around here as humans and it mm-hmm. definitely kind of puts you back into the. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I always have a similar, uh, with mushrooms, uh, I always have a similar, um, uh, experience uh, for the most part. I mean, there's always variation. Mm-hmm. Each, each experience is has its individual things, but yeah, like you said, the through line for me has always been everything softens. Mm-hmm. That's like a big thing for me. Like I noticed 
like you know the corners of walls and tables and everything it's like they they aren't jagged anymore there's no right angle you know what i've never trip. had a conscious thought around that but i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. that everything kind of flow like there is a smoothness yeah yeah, to yeah. everything you can, it's almost a texture that you can feel yeah you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and um yeah and that's it's awesome to me because it, it feels like um we live in, you know, in our day-to-day -day consciousness, it's like it's very concrete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everything is... And jagged. And jagged, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you just think about, yeah, like buildings and streets and everything is just straight line, angle, straight line, mm -hmm. angle. And, uh, yeah, anytime I'm under the influence of mushrooms, all that goes away. Yeah, you know? that's very cool. So, yeah. Have you had any, I know you've had more experiences. Can you describe one of the more uh, profound experiences you've had or maybe funny? I know sometimes well, you guys have like <laughs> ridiculous stories all the time. Anything that's just like kind of like a standout highlight trip for you? Well, I've had a couple and the, the funny ones are always great because they're just like, I don't know, man. You just laugh uncontrollably about something so, you know, asinine for just <laughs> yeah, like a whole totally. hour. You'll just still be laughing about it um so i can't really remember any specifics but i can just remember just good times uncontrollably laughing um i'd say the most profound trip i ever had actually was a one that i guess depending on how you look at it it wasn't enjoyable mm. um but i was probably 18 or 19 years old and i uh bought i had bought some from a friend and i bought like not just like underneath eighth so maybe i guess like three grams or so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and um i was uh nobody around me was was also eating it was only me i was i was around some other friends and mm -hmm. and folks so that was might have been mistake number one yeah being by myself yeah yeah, yeah. It's and, huge. and young yeah and young yeah i didn't know any better yeah. i just thought i was about to have a good time mm -hmm. so <laughs> i um so i ate some i didn't i wanted to actually save it for two experiences i ate some i waited like an hour and a half they didn't kick in so I just gobbled the rest of them. Ooh, you had a, basically an eighth of mushrooms. Like, how how many times had you tripped before? At that point, maybe like three or four. Okay, so still like pretty, 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 pretty new. new into it. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah. So I didn't really. They always kick in for me within the hour. Like that, mm -hmm. that's the longest I've ever had to wait for them to kick in. And I was at like an hour and a half. I was like, what? Maybe I didn't eat enough. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. I underdosed. So I finished off the bag. <laughs> Then I went in, and I was chilling. I was chilling, and then we uh we started smoking, um, and like right like halfway halfway through the blunt, like it just it went from it wasn't there wasn't a up it was just bam. I mean it hit Whoa. me so fast, and I was like I am tripping tripping, <laughs> and so um I tried to get up. I was like oh, I'm gonna get up and go get some air. Yeah, I didn't make it. I I, I fainted. Damn, um, really? You too? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So, but I can remember what happened when I was out. It was an outer body experience. I was looking at myself mm -hmm. in this black void. Mm. Um, and it really gave me some perspective on life in general and death. And I, it really felt like I, I've been to the other side. I crossed over and I came back. And I carry that experience with me to this day because it just gives me this like some people operate off faith, yeah. But I'm operating off knowledge when I say that there's another, there's a veil, there's another realm, 
there's something because I saw it. I I'm fully yeah, agree. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, yeah. I fully and I think a lot of people that have uh gone that distance right. can feel that similar feeling of this kind of greater consciousness and um yeah, the lowering of the veil and feeling that there's a lot more happening and I you know, I believe in like reincarnation and things like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It just it is very I think about death all the time actually on uh on psychedelics. Just it just it there's something about those experiences, especially when you have a lot, that it does kind of trigger this existential Yeah, it's it's funny because like in my day to day um, I, I I think about death as well, mm-hmm. but it's more in the sense of my mortality. Yeah. Whereas under the influence of psychedelics, it feels more like an extension of my living. Mm, you feel what beautiful. I'm saying? Yeah, so it's like, yeah. Yeah. So like sometimes I'm like, damn, I'm gonna die. You know, in yeah. my in my regular day to day, I'm just like, it just makes me think like, it's gonna end or mm-hmm. whatever. But I think about death under psychedelics, and it definitely is much more of a harmonious feeling, and it's much more of a like I said, it just I think I can see death as an extension and yes. not and not an ending point and you know. That's why actually um right now there's a lot of clinical trials right now in uh that's going on with uh, terminal cancer patients. Right. And it's because it is doing precisely that which is really mitigating that fear when right. you kind of know when you literally know that you're kind of on right, a ticking right. that they're giving these high dose psilocybin guided journeys and they are really there the results are just breakthrough again because so many people are having that kind of experience and not afraid because it does it doesn't feel like it's an end end like maybe in this right incarnation that we're in right now right. but um that there is something more and that you know regardless yeah. if it, what anyone else is right and spe- hearing this right. they might go like well i don't believe in that whatever but i'm like it, it doesn't really matter because those people yeah, exactly. are now in peace right that they're feeling good so like yeah you know what and, I mean? yeah and i mean <laughs> I, I do also think especially when you're talking about in terms of illnesses like the fear is can make you way sicker anyway yep you know so like you know your mental your mental frequency what you're putting out there it's only going to feed back to you so yeah if you're if if you're terminally ill and you're you're full of negative thoughts and you're really afraid it's just gonna you know compound the effect can compound your sickness you know so yeah 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 yeah. i have a question about your mushroom trips together and maybe jasmine you could start with this one is uh when you were on your journey together, I actually, by the way, I previewed this with Dustin and he's like, you know, we've never talked about that and I'm not going to until the podcast. So you guys can just both answer in real time. <laughs> and that's, did you learn anything new about each other during that journey? Anything that maybe you hadn't noticed before about one another? I mean, nothing major um, during the journey. Uh, we've been together 12 years mm-hmm. and yeah, married like what, three weeks, <laughs> but we, we felt like we've been married for years already. Mm-hmm. So all the major things I feel like I know about them. We, we learned little things. Yeah, sure. Like he was like, yeah, carrot juice is my favorite thing. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like little things like that. We've been learning about each other on this trip. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Nothing major. We, we, we overcome all the major hurdles as far as learning each other goes mm-hmm. so far. I mean, I'm what sure about, there's more things, what but about, what about under the, inf- what about under the influence of the psychedelics though? No, cause in, on my end, I feel like 
we are already like one person. So under the influence, we're right. still one person. Right. Like I don't think outside of. Well, you know what's cool, just reflecting as somebody who just met you too, is that it just shows um, how deeply you two know each other and your friendship and, and your romantic love. Like um, to, you know, some people just don't go as that far and deep. And that's what that's what a psychedelic does, right? It goes really deep. So if you weren't uncovering a lot, that means that you already did your work you you dove in with each other already at least from my vantage point it looks like you just already were totally you're already tripping this whole time <laughs> you know <laughs> funny you should say that because I feel like I'm already naturally connected to that other side mm -hmm. so when I do psychedelics it doesn't change much for me my thinking is still the same I mm -hmm. mean as far as all the experiences I've had so far is mm -hmm. I expected the DMT to change that but no yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm already connected because nothing really changes except the perspective. I'm like, maybe things are, no, I know everything is always moving. But when I'm on a psychedelics, I can finally see it. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, they're yeah, yeah. they're always breathing. They're always alive. Yeah. You know, you just get too busy in your life. Yeah. To really notice it. Well, I, I definitely feel like it's, um, it's just like, um, like when that dude the other night was talking about, uh, antennas and radio frequencies you know if that 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 what was this what was the story uh a friend of mine we were we we're camping in the desert a few days ago uh in death valley and um he always plays this podcast called desert oracle and it's like this guy he gets on and he tells these like spooky stories about the desert and whatnot but one night he was just <laughs> he was just breaking down uh radio waves and how you know they're, you're always sending out signals or everywhere all through the air. Yeah. You have to tune your antenna to a certain vibe, a certain frequency mm -hmm. to catch what's being said on whatever station. So similarly with your perspective with psych, with psychedelics is like they're tuning you to a different, that frequency is always out there, Yeah. but they change your antenna basically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. Yeah. So maybe your antenna is like always on that dialed, station. super yeah, dialed you antenna. Know what I'm saying, I'm always on <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing I, I I did have a revelation about her and how I felt about her uh, under psychedelics once, and um, it's really I came to the ultimate. I, I I think I always felt this way, but it's really made it. This really made it um, stick. Mm -hmm. Was she what she doesn't even know this because I never told her this. But she was working on, <laughs> I was I was uh, listening to music. I, she was working on art. And I remember looking at her art and it making me want to do something, like some want to go make some music. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so kind of in that moment, it really locked in. And I tell her this all the time, but she's, she's my muse. I love that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like it really kind of like, I think subconsciously I felt that. Or, and this was early on in our relationship. Mm -hmm. This couldn't have been more than like three years in, maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, she was just working on something so. Like, I think her artwork is crazy. She does all this like cosmic stuff. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's like stars and universes and like celestial beings and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it just kind of like stuck in me. I was like, I want to make something that sounds like what that looks like. Oh, you know what wow. I'm saying? So, yeah. So, you know, it's so crazy that you just said that a uh, very close friend of mine. Honestly, one of the main reasons that I 
started this kind of my own journey has a, a show that he says it's it's like this visual musical experience like on a very big scale right, but right. he's like I want to make music uh, that looks like it sounds. Am I saying that right? Basically, just what yeah, you said. I'm sounds like, like it looks. Yeah. Sounds like it looks. Yeah. I was like, oh my god! Yeah. Like I just sorry, sorry. Yeah, no. I, I heard a um, I heard a person say this, and it stuck with me. Uh, this was recent. He said, "Well, you think about the way art is, right? Art decorates space. You have mm -hmm, mm -hmm. different decorations of space, and music decorates time. Oh, I love that. Right. So yeah. you're basically taking this." This thing that would otherwise would exist in a vacuum, and you're mm. you're you're making it ornate. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so in that case, I can get a visual of it. I can see it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So when I think about it in that way, I'm like, okay, well, how am I gonna am I gonna put drapes on the left side of this beat or whatever? You know what I'm <laughs> yep, saying. Am yep, I gonna yep, yep. am I gonna put a candle? You know, back here in the back right corner, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that in my approach to the music I make. The that, same way. It's know. a perfect segue. It's it's. I'm just going to go out of order. I haven't even looked at this because this conversation has been so awesome. I just want to thank you both. Like, thank just, you for having us. It's great. I love this so far. Um, but I want to talk about you're both artists. And um, I wanted to see, like, you're kind of answering it, but has psychedelics, in your opinion, uh, impacted your art? Oh, dude. Well, she can go first. <sighs> no, not the way that I've been seeking it to. Yeah. You know, because like I said, it never really alters my my perception that much. It's never yeah. that much different. I'm over when I'm sober or whatever. I'm doing artwork with sacred geometry and yeah. all that stuff. Like I think that's the language of the source mm -hmm. or whatever. And yeah. that's what you're seeking when you're yes. typically what I'm seeking when I'm yeah. doing psychedelics. And I guess it, it hasn't done it yet. I'm still looking for. I know I'm going to. It's going to happen. Well, the thing <laughs> is, the thing is, I mean. It's, it's already within, so think of it as, like, uh, at least how I would think of it is instead of, like, seeking something like it hasn't happened yet, like, it has already happened for it's you. It's already happening. It right? has already happened, and you didn't need the help, like most look. of us need a little <laughs> aid to get there. But it sounds like, you know, that it's not to say that you can't deepen your connection to Source, but, um, yeah, it sounds like, especially celestial beings, like he was saying, and, yeah. and sacred geometry. I mean, That's my thing. That's that is very much... I can't wait. I'm going to plug your handles and the whole thing. I can't wait to just dive into your art. And I oh, want everybody else to as well. Here's the but... thing. I posted barely any of it. So I'll make sure <laughs> to put them up. <laughs> well, as I, I we, we talked a little bit about this before. And I was like, don't worry. I'll give you a heads up before I post the podcast. So yeah, you I'll can... totally start putting them up. I, I'm good to do that. I just always, I, I don't do it for an audience. I just do it for myself it seems like so yeah. yeah it's time for other people to see it yeah hell yeah, yeah. it is time take this as the sign yeah this talking is it. about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah how about you babe? oh psychedelics blew my mind <laughs> excellent straight up like um <laughs> i can do i have such like vivid specific memories of either listening to music under the influence of psychedelics or creating it or some or something in between. Mm -hmm. Um I think my first big memory was um there's an outcast song called Slum Beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's on an album called Stankonia and that that album is like super you can tell like oh, they I've, were that was the second concert I ever went to was the Stank Love tour. Yeah. I it's one of my it was one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to in my entire life. That album is just so inherently psychedelic, yes. you know? And so yeah, I heard that song tripping, and I, I, it just 
man, it, the three dimension. It was like four dimensional space. Mm-hmm. You know, like things were happening here and there and mm-hmm. they're underneath and over the top and like just that that song just like bugged me out i can't wait to listen to that one now after yeah, i can't i don't have it on the top of my i know that yeah, album yeah. very well so i'm gonna go and check that out again yeah it was it was awesome um and then i've had I, i've had times like um i remember you know because i used to dj a lot too and um i still well not in covid but i still like to dj mm-hmm. and um uh, when I was probably 20, um, we ate some acid and we just worked on our DJ stuff like all night, but man, things were switches were cause Switching. it's one of those things. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those get it moments. Like, and yeah. it happens with musicians. Like if a guy's trying to learn how to play the guitar, he'll practice and practice and he'll think he's not progressing. He'll think he's not progressing. And then one day. All of a sudden, he understands exactly how it works, mm-hmm. you know. And I had a very similar thing with with uh, with DJing that mm-hmm. night, where all of a sudden, it didn't seem random anymore. Like it didn't seem mm. like all the practice I had done, and just like the way I the way the acid made me approach it and look at it, made it make way more sense. I could do way more complex scratches and like all that stuff. Wow, you know, it was crazy. Yeah, it was a it was a breakthrough moment for that. Like. Just I understood it. Yeah. Before I was just kind of like feeling my way through the dark, feeling my sure, way through sure. the dark. And ever since then, there's certain like things I can do that I gained from that experience. I haven't lost. I did lose some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the flow state of yeah, just yeah, whatever was yeah, going on. The flow in there. state, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, yeah. it's interesting about you bringing that up because I have friends that are musicians as well who have talked very similarly about that, making music on psychedelics and um, even the range of notes that they can hear. Uh, One of our friends uh, just, he makes a lot of music, plays a lot of uh, instruments, and he just talks about how he just could not hear, like he had no idea that the range of music that he can hear on a psychedelic, and now that he knows this exists, he can now create, you know, in a sober mind or or wake or or waking state or whatever, he can he now knows like that's accessible and there and and now his music is just he was incredible before and he's just next level now and it, and it's just he really talks about <laughs> exactly what it's you're awesome. saying yeah. unlocking but again like you were saying too the practice not just like a magic right, thing exactly. it's not just you like have I, to put I have yourself- a DJ I have DJ gear and let me tell you it doesn't matter how much acid or mushrooms I have I'm still gonna be like what the fuck am I doing right now like <laughs> it's that's my next big project I can't I would love house music like it's my thing and I want to start but just come back to it it is the work and then obviously it was just kind of that ready to what it's doing is it, it. it's creating yeah. new pathways too mm-hmm. in the mind. Like it is creating your, you do problem solve differently. You do see things differently. And that, that is why, um, that's what they see under the brain mapping and why I think we all discover things about ourselves or, or see things differently. And, um, yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. It's, it's awesome. I agree. I fully, fully agree. It's as you awesome. can, as you can tell with this podcast, I <laughs> am a fan. Um, let me see what else I got for you guys. All right. This is just more of a, like a general, if anybody's listening to you and I would love for you both, although I, I have a sense of what yours is going to be, but how would you describe a psychedelic journey to somebody who's never done it? Ooh. Um, someone who's never done it. Um, the first thing I would say is that you have no idea 
it's such a new, unexpected experience. So be prepared to not be prepared. Yeah. And great, um, great advice. And um, once it starts, ride it out. Don't fight mm-hmm. it. Those would be my two major pieces of advice, I guess. And then yeah. to describe it, I would just say um, things are going to look different. Things are going to hear. Things are going to sound different. And you're you're gonna have fun. <laughs> you're gonna That's have, what I'd say. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'd say. As long as you relax under it. Yeah. Yeah. I have more advice than descriptions, I guess. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. More advice than descriptions. But For yeah. Sure. Yeah, I would just say it's just a it's a it's a it's a journey where you're gonna be an intense thought and you're gonna be reflective. I always find myself being extremely reflective, mm-hmm. thinking about the past and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, that would be, that would be my description of it. Very cool. So Jasmine, how would you describe uh, a psychedelic experience as someone who hasn't tried it? Well, the first thing I would tell them is it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you how I, I experienced it, but that might not be for you. It might not happen to you, but for me, it's like clarity Everything is crystal clear. Mm. Everything is sharper and more in focus. You know, everything is just more, just, I don't know. Like, for me, it was just my brain just blossoming, opening, and everything just seems sharp and clear and crisp. Yeah. And the colors are richer and, you Mm -hmm. know, all that just real sharp for me. Nothing, like... Once he told me a story of how, I don't know if it was acid or mushrooms, but he was sitting in front of some electric sign, and the sign broke apart with sparks and everything, and then came back together. Like, nothing like that has ever happened yeah, to no, me. Yeah, no, neither. And it could happen to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Person yeah. who's never done this before. <laughs> totally. But, uh, yeah, every experience is different, and you have to have a positive mind space before you go into it. Because if there's anything negative going on in your brain before you do it, then it's just going to be compounded. And, you know, that would be the main focus of your trip is your mind state. So keep it nice and positive and, you know, do it with intention pretty much. Oh, my God. You just said every I we talk about that all the time. It's 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 amplifying your psyche. Exactly. in with. Yeah. Don't, don't just, you know, even if you were like, I waited all weekends for this trip and blah, blah, blah. And you are not and something happened or whatever, unless you want a tough lesson or you want to work through it, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you just want to, you, you want to get in there, but be, be, be aware that that could very much come to the forefront. It doesn't allow you to just put things in the back burner that are. You can't push anything to the back. Mm -hmm. No, it's all coming out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And I love what you said about intention too. I think that's really important. Something I always um, do as well, even like when I'm with my friends and even if it's just my intention is to like further deepen my love and connection with my friends, like Mm -hmm. that is my intention or whatever. But just going in with that is important. Certainly didn't know that, you know, in the beginning, but doing it more and more, I'm realizing that's where I need to be yeah. when I'm doing it, you know. Yeah. So when I wanted to do the DMT, I was totally like, yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah, I would like love I- for you to talk <laughs> about it. Oh, my gosh, please. Yeah, so, okay. I've done DMT before. This mm-hmm. was a couple years ago. I didn't do much because I was scared. Mm-hmm. So I was really cautious about it. But I took a little hit. She, We shared a hit, me and my friend who had it. And I just closed my eyes and I laid back. And it was like I was in this really long tunnel and at the end of the tunnel, these voices were telling me to come. 
come on. And they was, I wasn't scared. I was like, I'm coming, man. I'm <laughs> Let me get there. I'm trying. <laughs> Just this long tunnel, unending. And I couldn't get there because I guess I didn't do enough. I wasn't, mm. I was too cautious. So that was my first experience with it. So we get our hands on some more for this trip. We've been in the desert and these beautiful, you know, places. And uh, when we finally get the chance to do it, and I don't know, I guess we did it wrong because I don't know, dude, I don't know how we, we figured out that we needed a higher torch or, you know, a, a, a hotter fire yeah. than a regular lighter. We needed a better pipe. And once, cause the first time I did it, I felt absolutely nothing. Really? Nothing at all. Dang. And on then, this last one. On, on this trip. On this trip. Yeah. Just yeah. a couple days ago and nothing. <laughs> wow. Like not even high, nothing That's at all. That's a bummer. And then they like both took like a small hit afterwards and they were like, oh, I feel something. And I was like, really? <laughs> really? Maybe it's you again with your dialed frequency. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I'm still thinking because we, we. <laughs> from everything I've heard from a DMT experience, you'd know. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah I've saying? heard that too. So basically, yeah, we had the pipe, we filled it up. Uh, she took a huge, a huge hit. She tried to hold it in as long as she could. It tastes terrible. I heard it tastes like cotton. It tastes. I can't even describe it. Probably, yeah. I heard it's like a distinct taste that you can still taste. Like, yeah, after. I could taste it for hours later. Yes. Okay, I've um, heard that. And um, yeah, so she couldn't finish the whole the whole the whole hit. So I finished the hit for, her. Mm-hmm. and then uh, the the third friend that was with us, he took the last hit. We had like just a little bit left, and he lit it. He took a, he took a pretty large hit, mm-hmm. and then I hit a little bit of the the remaining hit off of his, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't obviously like I didn't blast off or anything. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt it's like the anxiety you feel when you're coming up on mushrooms, mm-hmm. like you can be like mushrooms just like tickling you, and they're about to start kicking yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But I just never got to the full kick in. It just kind of it. it tickled me like we were, teased you. Yeah, it teased me. <laughs> we were on the we were on the beach, and I was looking at the sand. Mm-hmm. Um and like I was telling her she'd make fun of me about it, but <laughs> I was like, uh, I was looking at the sand and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, it's kind of weird. And the sand started looking like little mountains. Mm-hmm. She was like, they are little mountains technically, but anyway. <laughs> and my fr- my friend who was with us who's done it before, mm-hmm. he said that he actually he he felt it pretty strongly. He didn't blast off, but he felt the effects of it for a good like. 30 minutes, 45 wow. minutes. And, th- and you didn't feel that for? I felt, I felt, like I said, I felt the tingliness for about, I'd say a solid 20 minutes. Got it. Afterwards. Got it. And things were looking kind of like we were all staring up at the sky and like, it just wasn't like, you know, I could tell I, I didn't get all the way there. Yeah. You yeah. I was going to say the way that I've heard about DMT is not like more of a tingliness that you're yeah, you're talking you're to in. entities. Yeah. You're, you're in. You are. Yeah. And I've never done it, but I feel very called to do it now. I've right. done ayahuasca before and recently just very recent, maybe just like being on this, but I just, I, there's something in me that just like with, but not to rush it. Just right. like when the opportunity seems to arise organically, that feels right. That's something that I Those, definitely want and, to. And that's, that's kind of our attitude about psychedelics in general. Yeah. Like we don't find them. They find us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like they come around when they're supposed to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The little spirits that are like, okay, yeah. you ready? Yeah. Cause, like, I, you know, it's hard to find psilocybin in yeah. Georgia. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's no like certified 
mushroom dealer. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. People just happen to have them one day, and then you're like, oh, snap. Yeah, Let me yeah, go yeah. Ahead and buy some for the winter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if, uh, unfortunately, Georgia's probably, I don't, I wouldn't bet that Georgia's probably next on the old uh, decriminalization for. They're, uh, they're terrible. <laughs> Georgia's the worst. We'll be one of the last. We'll be one of the last. They're going to hold on to that as long as they can. And for uh, there's so much behind it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, um, like yeah. We just like voted for being able to buy liquor at 11 o'clock on Sundays. What? Because it was noon. And before that, you couldn't buy any on Sundays a few years ago. No. Yeah, like a few years ago. A few years ago, you couldn't buy liquor on a Uh, Sunday? My uncle came down from New Jersey. He was like, what is this? You can't buy liquor on Sunday? (laughs) And then, of course, he somehow found a speakeasy in Georgia selling liquor on Sunday. I don't know how he did it. but Wow. Yeah, like we st- we just got over that hurdle, kind of. So I don't wow. know. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Know about the- yeah, <laughs> I I definitely like I, you know, Oregon obviously as a state just was just decriminalized and legalized the cyber, and I, you know, hopefully California would be next on yeah. that. I would I would say so. In the yeah, next, you I know, think- five. Five years, probably, it yeah. seems like. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think this is actually a, a perfect segue into just um, getting into the stigma of psychedelics and um, unpacking it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear just, you know, more from your perspective. You're both from the South. Like, what some of the stigmas, maybe the stories that you've heard, and if you had an opportunity to speak to those people about your experiences, how what would you say? Well, living in Atlanta, uh, there's a lot of like-minded people in the city, mm-hmm. and I never venture very far out of Atlanta because mm-hmm. uh, the rest of, <laughs> like, Atlanta's pretty progressive, and mm-hmm. the rest is not so mm-hmm. progressive, mm-hmm. I guess I could say. Mm-hmm. But I never heard anything, me growing up, I never heard anything negative about mushrooms. But then again, I guess I wasn't hanging out with a lot of people who were doing it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Was <laughs> so. it even that prevalent? Like it wasn't it was neither here nor there, it just wasn't I mean, top of mind. I wasn't in the in the places where it was being done for sure. But I mean, for as far as my perspective, I was pretty in the house growing up. I didn't start going out until like early twenties and got stuff it. like that. Got it, got so it. I might have missed the bus on that. I, I no, I did for sure. <laughs> but as far as I You knew, found the bus exactly when you needed to find yeah. it. Like uh I when I started hanging out with more people who were doing stuff like that, they had nothing but positive yeah. stories. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was the bad trip story, but it was mm-hmm. like, oh, my next one was fine. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't yeah. like they were scared of it or nothing. So they didn't instill any fear in me. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes so, sense. But for this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, growing up in small town North Carolina, I mean, there was a huge stigma about any psychoactive drugs, you know. Um, and... <clears throat> I immediately realized, um, I mean, this, this was, this happened early. I was like, they make you question stuff and they make you think about things and they make you understand that the people that are trying to speak to you with such authority really don't have any. And the illusion is control. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's why the stigma's there because they want you to be controlled. Yep. And so, you know, that's I was like I I totally understand why they don't want people doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yes, I totally I got it immediately. And um, but yeah, there was always a stigma about just any type, of, even like weed. You know what I'm saying? Um, any drugs in in general. I mean, I, the dare programs were like 
on our head. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Same. The D.A.R.E. programs was on our head when we were growing up. It was like, you are a terrible, terrible person if you do any substances. And they'd be like, look at this. It's a little piece of paper. And what they do is they drop acid on it and then... You'll jump off a bridge or like they're just talking all this yeah. dumb shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And um and yeah, as a as an eleven or ten year old, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, totally. They're like, you're gonna think it's fun. They're gonna tell you it's fun, and you're gonna <laughs> jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, duh. This is not that and yeah, the first time you do it, you're like, these motherfuckers was lying. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's like yeah. didn't want to jump off a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm more scared of jumping off a bridge under the influence of this shit than I would have been not, you know? And so, yeah, it's like, yeah, and and so it, it it takes you down this whole rabbit hole. It's like, if they were lying about this, what else were they lying yeah. about? Yeah. And they actually don't know what they tell you they know. They want to just control, and they want to speak from a thing of, and that's one thing I think psychedelics totally puts in your mind is like, you don't have control. Yes. You just got to flow with it. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. the mushrooms start kicking it hard. You can't make them go away. You right. don't have control of that. You have to surrender yourself to it. Mm -hmm. And I think it helps people be more fearless. I think it helps people. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier with the with the cancer and all of that. It's like mm -hmm. it just it, it, it stimulates a part of your mind that makes you have way less worry about a lot of things. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Especially at those young ages. You know, you shouldn't have. I have way more anxiety now at 36 than I did when I was 22, you know? Yeah. And But there's some people that weren't that fortunate and had a lot of stressors in their life and stuff like that. Nobody should be mm -hmm. going through that, you know? And I think if they would have took some psychedelics, they probably could have freed themselves yeah. from some of that. And they could have had, they could have gained a perspective and understood that a lot of this stuff is like really minuscule. You think are huge problems. Yeah. They're small problems. Yes. You know so. I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, there's so many um, fantastic points that you just made. And um, I fully, I, I just couldn't agree more. You know, I, again, I, I, and what's, what's so cool about this conversation is like so much of this has come up. Like I talked about the 1960s counterculture. I right, talked right, about right. the war on drugs and um, fear is a really good way to control people. And um, manipulation is a really good way to control people and um, creating divide from people and creating like others uh, is a really good way mm -hmm. of controlling is to create separation. Um, and when you're on a psychedelic, obviously you feel like so much unity and so integration, much connection, integration, integration. Mm -hmm. but you know, God forbid everybody's all talking and friendly to each other. It, it they lose right, right. that loses right. power that lose, you lose control. And, um, it is exciting that we're finally, you know, obviously it's through, it's, I don't know if you know this, but there's like publicly traded companies. Now. I think there's a company on the NASDAQ right now that is for like psychedelics. Like really? All, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like there's wow. so many, especially with psilocybin. I right. think, I think acid has just scared people over the years yeah. from, it just scares people like the name, like acid or LSD. Right. Because, and it's true, you know, it's not as, the potency of acid can really vary and there's a lot Yeah, there's a lot less of uh there's a lot less uh consistency control, consistency yeah. in acid. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I can tell that from personal experience. Yeah, me too. 
You know Some are just like, this is really mild. And others, I'm like, how do I even eat this hamburger? Like, I don't even know how to chew. I forgot. Legitimately <laughs> <laughs> forgot like m motor skills. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. Do I have to talk to people? Um, right. But just going back to your point. Yeah. It's it. And I think this again, like that idea of fear. And then it just, it just trickles, trickles down. And then people are just that fear message then permeates and a lot of people that have never done it are the ones perpetrating yeah. and, 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 mm -hmm. and saying like, this is all of these things. And I'm like, you've never done it. And now I'm not saying like, go run and do it, obviously, unless you're of course in like a place that you can. Right. Uh, but I'm just saying like, it's interesting for people to speak from authority who have never done it. <laughs> the whole fear thing. I think it's, it's generational. Like it's passed down. Like they're like, you should never do it. And then there'd be kids who go up into adults who've never done it telling their kids like, you know, it just, that's how fear is passed. It, mm -hmm. it takes people to do it, to really, you know, overcome it. If you have to overcome your fear of psychedelics or whatever. I mean, yeah. but I don't know. I just feel like the fear that's today has been growing mm -hmm. over time, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think people are more receptive to it these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As far as I could tell. Yeah. But I mean, a point, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. A point I was going to make about that is, yeah, it is the generational fear that's passed down and passed down and passed down. But it seems like the percentages of the kids that rebel against the fear mongering of the uh, of the generations, the, the percentage is increasing. Yeah. Steadily. Steadily. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, the further you get away from it, I guess, the higher... For sure. And look, Timothy Leary, like back in the day, like if you if you kind of look at all the scientists that have restarted this psychedelic renaissance that we're in, you know, obviously Timothy Leary was a very controversial figure during the 1960s mm -hmm. of just kind of acid for everybody yeah, and right, right, uh, created right. kind of that hippie movement. He was kind of that godfather for them. And the truth is, if that never happened, uh, none of us would really know about it because it was being studied in the clinical trials and it was having the same bomb results that it was having except it got out of the the, the labs uh and into the hands of these kids who were like you're saying weren't being controlled anymore and were thinking for themselves and and didn't want to go to war and fight for a war that they didn't even understand this idea of communism and all these things and um you know and those kids you know, for all intents and purposes, are probably a lot of the scientists today yeah. who either had an interest at the time, they might have been very young or whatever, that are kind of bringing this through. And then um, the younger generations also, you know, I think all just moving more progressive. Like we're seeing it, we're seeing it with the election, it's just all moving. Right. <laughs> slower than we hoped but but it's 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 it's, it's 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 you know and it's the young they talked about the young generation the young the younger generational vote is the reason why um you know the progressive party is where they are right now i don't know where we exactly are right now just timestamp everyone uh what is today the fifth fourth the fourth oh my yes. god time <laughs> uh yeah we're still waiting on uh results but is this I think it is the fifth is oh, my bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Time has been not existent for right, me. There right. are no dates. Right, the right. Last three weeks. Totally. My bad. It's the fifth. No worries. So what you were saying about just control and like losing control and the whole needing to surrender to a psychedelic experience, all these things, that illusion mm -hmm. of control is just, it's very interesting to me just with um, even like the idea of alcohol, right? Um when you drink a lot of alcohol, you 
are surrendering a lot of control, mm -hmm. but you just don't remember it. Like the, the problem is when you black out, you are weakening yeah. yourself, right? You're 100% like, out of control. You are out yeah. of control. You mm -hmm. are absolutely out of control. And again, love my wine. I love margaritas. I'm not, I just want to put in perspective for people that I'm like, when you talk about like losing control, you, you mean losing control of like where to steer your mind when things you yeah. have to face things like okay yeah. that's that's true yeah that's cool but don't think that just drinking a lot of alcohol means being in control yeah and it sure. also makes you more easily controlled when you are stumbling and not of your right mind right so you are easily right. controlled that way yeah. you know so basically the the substances that that we are ingesting and you know we were talking about um how accepted alcohol is and how much out of control you can be in mm -hmm. it. They all relate to to different different chakras. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, alcohol is way more associated with your root chakra, mm -hmm. which is a, your base kind of carnal self, you know. And <clears throat> the psychedelics are always linked to chakras that are basically, you know, from here up. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, um, solar plexus. Yeah, yeah. Solar plexus is up, you know. And um, I've seen different places say, like ayahuasca would be uh, like a crown chakra. Um, marijuana is like your heart chakra. Um, acid is your throat chakra. Mm. Um, I can't remember where psilocybin fell in there. But yeah, so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they equate to some of the higher, they, they're going to speak to some of the higher parts of your being. And I think you can see why alcohol is so accepted is because people don't do that type of work yes. within, within themselves. And yeah. so they're pretty much always walking around with a root chakra mentality. Yeah. And, um, same thing with the Kabbalistic tree of life. Actually, they, they all equate. Um, so Malkuth is the base. Mm -hmm. So that would be your root chakra in that system. And Kether is the top. Mm -hmm. So uh, Keper and Bina, those are like the top. There's there's three at the top. I'm trying to remember what the other one is. Can't remember the name right now. Kether, Bina, <laughs> and Chakma, I believe, um, are the, make the top three. And So, yeah, they equate to those parts. They speak to those parts of your being and your soul. And... Most people aren't ready to climb those ladders. So that's why yeah. you see alcohol being so prevalent in our society. And they all serve a function. They all sure. serve a place. It's like you have to have you have to have root chakra. You exist in the physical realm. Yeah. You're not if you didn't, you would just be like a fairy dust frequency. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So you need it, but there there's gotta be a balance there. You can't be overly root chakra with everything mm -hmm. that you do or you're just that's you're gonna see the world as we see it where people kill each other over resources mm -hmm. and you know people are willing to lie about crazy stuff and all that's root chakra behavior you know yeah. what I'm saying? all that is like you're purely bent on survival yeah you don't have space in your life to contemplate the higher truths and all that, yeah you know what i'm saying and once people start doing that they start seeing that this McDonald's is bullshit. And they start seeing that mm -hmm. this reality TV is bullshit. And then nobody can make money off of them. Yeah. And so that's why it's been such a long time for psychedelics to get, you know, 
more socially acceptable because yeah. they, they, they tear all those things down, you know? But the thing about that is it's like, okay, so maybe some of those like lower vibrational structures need to be recalibrated maybe is the term and, you know, a more like a conscious higher chakra. And I love what you said, by the way, about balance. Cause of course the root chakra is incredibly important to be in balance, but so is everything else, right? right? Like that, um, all the, all the parts of you needs to be kind of dialed that mind, body, soul, but it's, you know, a lot of it is the same way I feel about even with like oil, like fossil fuels and right, things right, where right. I'm like, but I understand like that outdated kind of like dirty oil. It's not good for our environment. You know, I, I understand like it's somebody's livelihood, but to know that like the kind of, okay, so we'll like the education and building programs around clean energy. And, right, right. And it's just that like, uh, just a relearning, a recalibration, just a willingness to want to change and see that the like, if you're maybe if you let go of what you're so stuck to that this is the only way it's the only way it's ever been like that there is hope for like so much more yeah for sure and you know i would say another layer to that and you're exactly right um we have to recalibrate we have to we have to implant new systems yeah we just have to make sure that when we implant the new systems we don't enter them with the old mentalities. Right. Because that's the thing about living in the in the root chakra thing. We could do clean energy, but we have to make sure we do it cleanly. Yeah. That's you see a, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, because we could point. just, we could be making these quote unquote improvements to our way of life and our standard of living. But if we're still approaching it with, with that archaic mind state, we're just going to create problems from the new thing. Yeah. New problems are going to come out of the solution that we thought we had, yeah. you know, so... That's something that I'm always thinking about. And even like, for instance, like if we get rid of a two-party system. Yeah. It's going to open. The, if we don't do it right, it's going to open the doors up for even more issues. Right. You know, so that's the thing. We got to be able to have some oversight about mm -hmm. what, how we're replacing the systems. You know? Yeah. That higher consciousness, the raising of that on like a kind of a, a global yeah. is that's not an easy feat. And I think why I hope conversations like this and there's many other, what I would call like light workers out there that are helping to like raise the vibe of just, there's other ways of living. And for me personally, having someone who lived very much in the lower chakra realm for a lot of my life until really like psychedelics, um, it's just the pure difference of just like joy and happiness and um, even the way I handle disappointment and things like that like oh, yeah, is just sure. so and how I relate to others and and my how I listen to them and everything is just deeply impacted. And uh, it's just I, I love that word. But I want to say like in the same point, you know, there's a lot of psychedelic drug companies that are coming out and they're going to make a lot, they're probably going to be poised to make a lot of money on psilocybin. And of course I, the hope, <laughs> maybe they'll do them themselves and come out with like a higher state of consciousness around how to yeah, as long as put this out. They got to be ethical about it. Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's basically just what I'm be, saying. Yeah, just yeah. be ethical, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, some people see these types of trends and they, it, it, it turns people into opportunists, you know? Yeah. And, 
that's once again the archaic way of thinking yes. about things. If we really want to raise the vibration to everybody, we can't be just thinking about how we could turn a profit from everything. Yeah. We're doing this for the betterment of people and getting paid for it, it's fine. Yeah. That's not really the issue. But yeah. to do it to get paid. Yeah. Is the difference? That's yeah. the intention. It's you know? the intention so. for sure. So all of those, uh, you know, those those psychedelic uh, big pharmaceutical companies, just you know, conscious conscious intention for the greater good, not yes. just for the the bankroll, for sure. Agreed. Any last parting words before I have you guys plug where they can find you guys on socials and different platforms? My, I'm mostly active on IG. Okay. Um, and my IG is Day Tripper, but it's uh, D-A-A-A-Y-T-R-I-P-P-P-E-R. So it's Day Tripper with three A's and three P's. So. Perfect. And I'll put it I'll put it in the caption as well. What a perfectly appropriate name, by the way, for this conversation. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I usually trip at night, but I have, I've had some day trips. So. Oh, my God. I love tripping yeah, in the day. Tripping it's so beautiful in cool. nature. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Big fan. No, what's really funny about him is his initials is DMT. It is? Yes. You were just born to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> this was meant to be, man. It really was. <laughs> oh, but for me, my, okay, so I haven't been working on my stuff, but I will. I'm, I'm in and out. I, you know, my focus shifts. Uh-huh. But my jewelry, um, jewelry is uh, Sunny Blue Moon, spelled correctly, one word. And my art is Jasmina's, J-A-S-Z-M-Y-N-A-S. Jasmina's and that's my artwork that I've been posting up slowly and sporadically so very cool yeah that's where you can find us that's IG that's IG yes only IG awesome mm -hmm. thank you both so much again for being here on your honeymoon I've had so much fun talking to you guys you got into some really fun stuff and important stuff and I can't wait for people to listen to this thanks for having us thank you it was an honor and a pleasure yes. of course and everyone watching as always trip on this